Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. She's back in the studio. We are here regardless of what's going on elsewhere in the world. Um, we hope you're all very well and safe, but we will be endeavouring to get here to you every week, one way or another. If we're not here in studio, we will use technology absolutely to be answering your questions or rather people who know better than us Ooh, will true. be working out how to use technology. <laughs> but for now, we are here and the world keeps turning, at least with small humans who don't know that there is a uh, pandemic happening. Coming? The coronavirus doesn't mean much to babies and small children. No. They are possibly still not sleeping, feeding, Thank misbehaving. Uh, so if you have any questions regarding any of those areas with your under sixes, this is your time to get in touch with us. So you can get in touch through the usual way. Absolutely. If you're watching us uh, via Facebook, you can uh, pop your questions below in the comments section. And if you're listening via the podcast, you can send an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris, it's lovely to have you back. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Okay, so we'll start with an email from Georgia. Sure. She says, I have an almost six-month-old who slept through the night until two weeks ago when he developed a bad cold and now is teething. While he seems to be finally better, he has developed some sleep habits and I'm not sure what to do next. He's tired after about an hour and 10 minutes of being awake, so we settle back to sleep, but he won't fall asleep independently anymore and screams and cries and arches his back when I try to pat him on his side, but will be rocked to but he will be rocked to sleep. If I try to pat his bed like I used to, it takes about an hour and he gets oh no. more and more worked up. He's never had consi- long naps and wakes consistently after 45 minutes. However, recently after he wakes and I do the feed, thinking he would play afterwards, he falls asleep on the breast. This usually happens once a day. He won't be settled back to sleep in any other way and is otherwise awake after 45 minutes. I've tried leaving him for a bit to self-settle, patting him and rocking him in my arms. We usually have four naps. We have recently started solids and he is practicing rolling a lot. At night, he is tired early and we do bath, feed, story, wind down routine and put him to bed at 6.30. But he wakes up between 9.30 and 10 consistently. I'm doing a dream feed at 10-ish before my bed, so I'm wondering if I should drop it because it seems to be encouraging him to wake up. If I feed him at this wake up, uh, if I feed him at this wake up, he falls asleep quickly on the breast. I've also had my husband settle him to sleep at this time by patting his back, then dream feed half an hour or so afterwards. Then he sleeps until 4am, then a feed and up at 6-ish. The wake up at 9.30pm is really inconvenient as I would occasionally like to go out for a date night with my husband and don't feel like I have this option. My three-year-old goes to sleep at eight. Also, the short naps makes planning anything in the day tricky. Yep, there's a lot going I on know, I there, Georgia. <laughs> I okay. you've got all that going. So, yeah, so once you get into this position, especially after either a holiday or an illness where baby's general pattern is disrupted, the idea is to sit down and slowly bring it back into pattern. So it sounds like the nights have become a little bit more um, ad hoc and your days are still in the 45-minute cycles that they were in. So I think what you have to do is take take a step backwards and make sure we tick off the boxes. So do we have four milk feeds in the day? Do we have two meals of sort of a good two tablespoons of food? He's definitely having the four sleeps because the sleeps are short. Generally, it will have dropped 
to three, but his sleeps are a bit short to drop to three. So if you can tick those boxes in the day, then we're heading in the right direction because it comes down to consistency and he gets a little bit of patting and a little bit of feeding. So we're going to see if we can sort that out. The second thing is that for his age, he generally needs to be awake for about two hours to be tired enough to go to sleep. So I think this might be a little bit of where the problem lies now that he's well. So before when he was unwell, he might have needed to go to bed earlier. It's now disturbing his night's sleep, so he presents as wanting to go to bed earlier, but then it takes you a really long time to get him to sleep. So what I would do over the next few days is ease his awake time out to the two-hour mark and see if it makes a difference in his sleep in the day. And what I mean by ease is just using 15-minute lots. So if you think he's a bit whinge at an hour and 10 minutes, see if we can keep him up for 15 more minutes and then put him down, easing him out into that two-hour window. What that might do is give you more consistency with the sleep in the day and also allow you to introduce a pattern of settling him that can be consistent both in the day and at night. So in the day, pop him into bed and then use the one thing that you can both do, which is pat and rub him on the back. So try and get the feeds in a space where he doesn't feed to sleep. So he feeds, even if it's close to a bedtime, and then you take him in, you change his nappy, put him in a sleeping bag, and then pop him down. And this will give him back the sense of consistency. Then when you pop him down, you'll probably leave for a few minutes because you have a three-year-old, you need to check a three-year-old. Then when that crying gets to that level where you feel you need to go back in again, go back in, we're going to rub or pat him. And that's going to be the message of going to sleep. And I think after a few days of doing this, you'll start to see more consistency. Personally, I don't do dream feeds. I cannot understand why anybody would wake a baby just to go to bed um, to give him a feed. If he's asleep, let's encourage that long sleeping pattern and, and maybe you know it'll give you the opportunity at the moment just to go to bed a little bit earlier with all that's been happening. But in the long term, you can go out on a date night with your husband and stay out till midnight if you like. So personally, myself, I'm not a dream feeder type of a person. So um, I'll, I think I'll leave that one to, to you and to decide what would work best for your family. So isn't dream feed when they stay asleep when you yeah, put but, them on the breast? but they're not asleep because you can't oh. feed in your sleep. Ah. They're just, in a, they're just, they've been oh. woken, but they're drowsy. So you're saying that she, she probably thinks he's asleep, right? And you're saying yeah, don't yeah, do they're it not. because it's waking them up anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Ah. It's, it's definitely waking them up. And often a baby will, fa- will wake more frequently from that point on, especially as they get older. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I personally am not a dream feeder type of a person. If they're Should asleep, I'm getting into bed. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, good luck with that, George. And um, if if you need any tweaks, come back to us. We'll be here. Our next question comes from Magali. Sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. My baby just turned six months today. Since she was about four months, she started waking around 5am. I assumed this was sleep regression and that it would pass. However, it hasn't. I know she can sleep until 7am as we've resorted to bringing her into our bed sometimes and she sleeps. She has also done some in her cot. She's been great with her day naps and always in bed asleep by 7pm. Her current day naps, if she wakes at 7, are morning nap 9.30 till 10, lunch nap 12.15 to 2.15, afternoon nap 4.40 till 5, 
Although she is really fighting this afternoon nap, but I know she needs it because she gets grump, grumpy and irritable. Bed by 6.45, asleep by 7. She does not fully self-settle. We are in the process of this. She's been in the cot awake and patted to sleep, but I am gradually doing the chair method, which I guess that's sitting by. Yeah, sitting by the chair, moving the chair. Yeah. Okay. She sleeps through until around 1 a.m. I go in and feed her, and she, she sleeps until around 4 a.m. I go in and feed her again, which I stopped doing for a few days, but she wouldn't settle for over an hour. This is where the fun begins. Yeah. Not. She will sleep half an hour, sometimes an hour, but it's a constant in and out of her room. By the end of it, we are tired and have brought her into to our bed and she sleeps until seven. The temperature of her room is around 22 to 23 degrees. She's in an ergo pouch sleeping bag, tog depending on weather, dark room and white noise. If she wakes before six and won't resettle, I have a 15 to 20 minute to 20 minute, two hours after a wait time and then continue with other nap times. I also tried putting her to sleep at 8pm once, but it made no difference. Mm -hmm. We actually don't mind bringing her into our bed in the morning. However, I heard this can get earlier and earlier and suddenly we'll have a co-sleeper. Is that true? It is true. Um, It depends on your mindset. So... I actually think you're doing a brilliant job. I have to say, you know, she's do, you're doing. You've got a great day pattern going, um, and her night isn't too bad, but it needs just a little bit of cleaning up, basically. But basically, here that four five o'clock window is a really tricky window because some people just accept five o'clock, and the baby just gets to know that five o'clock is fine. But what I see generally is that the five o'clock turns into a 4.30 and then turns into a four and they're wide awake because they can't differentiate the difference between a five o'clock wake up and a four o'clock wake up. So I think you deal with that window just as resettling. So if you're happy to bring her into your bed, you need to have a time frame around when that happens. So if you're happy to say she can come into your bed after five o'clock, if she wakes at 4.30, you need to resettle her because otherwise she will make it 4.30, 4 o'clock, and then she'll be a co-sleeper. It's not quite that dramatic, but it can go down that path. So I think with everything in place, what we have to do is probably try, this is what I would try and do, is push the first feed out because that might push her through that four o'clock window. So if we can push, if we resettle her the first time she wakes up and fully feed her the second time she wakes up, even if the difference in that's only an hour and a half, what it will probably do is push her sleep pattern through that four, five o'clock in the morning and get her more consistently probably to a six o'clock window. Once she hits that window, it's, you know, game over and we're up for the day. So that's generally what I would tell um, someone I was seeing with and, and working with. That's what I would tell them to do. I'd try and move the first feed because it naturally moves the second feed and that might move her through that window. The second thing is, if it doesn't, then it's just down to resettling. And she's a six-month-old and you're starting to do um, some self-settling. So it sounds like you do a little bit for her and then you're sitting on the chair. The complication with sitting on the chair could be that when you go and apply that at five o'clock in the morning, she has enough energy to engage you by talking to you and smiling at you and waving at you, and she's still not going to sleep. So I think at that time of the day, I wouldn't use the chair method. I'd probably do more um, in for a few minutes, settle her for a few minutes, out for a few minutes, and backwards and forwards until you get to the point of either resettling her or that it's hit 
six o'clock and the day has started. It's frustrating, but you're nearly there. You, you know, it's really just that last little window that you're trying to move into the right sequence. So give it a go and see how see how far we can get. The other thing she does say here is that yep. she's starting solids tomorrow and she's hoping that will help. Oh, will it make yes. A yeah, because at six months they usually are on <laughs> two good meals of about two tablespoons. So I think building that up over mm. a week or 10 days might make a big difference to your nights. I'm not sure it'll make a difference to your five o'clock because she fed her at four o'clock and she still woke at five o'clock. I think that's more a behavioural bit, but mm. I think it'll help the night and it might push that feed out, like I was saying, which will help her get through that moment. All right. Well, fingers Damn. crossed for you. This is a direct message on Facebook from yep. Alex. I need some toilet training advice, please. Yeah. My daughter is two and 10 months and yep. we started toilet training about a month ago. The first three days at home were great. No wee accidents at all. Straight to using the toilet like a pro. I feel like it's been a bit of a train wreck ever since though. If we leave the house, we put knickers or training pants on her and she will wee in them. We remind her and take her to the toilet while while we are out, but she's still more more than happy to wet her knickers. If she's wearing knickers at home, she just wets them. The only time we have success is if she's pantless. Poos are terrible Ooh. regardless. She either does them in her knickers or straight on the floor. I feel like I'm going crazy. <laughs> Do I stop or just push through? Stop. So I would stop. Um, I would stop and let everybody take a break. You know, there's a lot of pressure on toilet training. She's only two and ten months. She's a girl. If we hang back for a couple of weeks and then redo it, I think we'll do much better. The interesting thing about the three days is whether the type of thing you did in that three days, was that three days of her initiating going to the toilet and you just had everything available or was that three days of you constantly taking her to the toilet? So um, there's a difference in those two things. One is a toilet timing where we are instigating. The other one is toilet training where we're letting the child instigate and you probably did a mix of both to be fair. So in a couple of weeks, I'd restop. I mean, sorry, I'd restart again. And I would do this by maybe just introducing sitting on the toilet before we go to the bath, just so her body and the action can connect together, have a little chat about it. The next week, I'd probably introduce toilet timing. So she might have a pull up on, but you might say to her, let's go and try for a wee before we go to the park. Let's try for a week, um, you know, before we have afternoon tea and just see what her body is naturally doing. And then the third week, I would go into it again and try with the underwear. Be really available for her. Don't put a lot of pressure on her. Um, I'd more stay at home. I'd have the bathroom open and or I would take her to places where I felt or she felt comfortable in going to the toilet. And then I think you'll pick it up from there. Doing a poo is a hard thing for them to do. Some get it straight away. Others take six months to do it and they'll ask for their nappy back to do it. And we sort of go a little bit with that and then wait a little bit and then deal with that. I think take a break and have a rethink about how you introduce it again. And I'd probably wait about two weeks. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Now back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. This one comes from Teagues on Facebook. Yeah. I bought my son a queen-size bed to move into from the cot when he's ready. I'm now worried it's too big. What's your opinion? <laughs> well, <laughs> I personally think it would be far too big. Um, <laughs> a queen-size bed. Did you? I'm not sure you might have did that because you wanted to have a queen-size bed or you felt he wouldn't roll out of a queen-size bed. But generally, children, when they trans- transfer through to a bed, they just quite comfortably go into a standard single bed like... Um, 
king singles a little bit wider. So for that all thrashing child, that sort of protects them a little bit more. But generally speaking, a queen size bed is a lot to, you know, keep going when you go to a hotel and I there's can tell only you what a single bed. <laughs> we, Teagues, we got a uh, double bed and the reason we did that was... Um, why did we do that? No, we oh. had a double bed and then we got had bunks. And yeah. so my daughter went on the top and my son went on the bottom. Yeah. And we moved him from the cot into the double bed. And then it, he was so tiny in that double bed and he didn't like being in it on no. his own because he was used to being in the little cot. And so the space, the space he needed awareness. someone next to him. Yeah. He needed someone next to him. And uh, yeah, don't ask how that's going. <laughs> Five. Ask ask my husband how he thinks that's going because that I is, haven't. <laughs> that is actually one of the other things to think about when mm. you've got that all that space. It's so tempting just to go. Oh, I'll just lay down and then you fall asleep. It's and all then that's all over. over. Yeah, twelve twelve hours later, Daniel he wakes up. My husband is constantly falling asleep when he puts my yeah, son to bed, so, and so it's like ships I, in the night. I'd go smaller if I was you. And if you needed it for space for family, just you know those trundle bed ones work really well. But I think <laughs> you you've hit it. The smaller the space, the warmer the child. The warmer the child, the better they sleep. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, take me as the hash, hashtag <laughs> don't do what Chef did. Um, our next question comes from Kimmy. My son is 14 weeks old. He's usually a good sleeper. He goes down for his day naps and uh, generally sleeps in four blocks. Oh, I don't think I've got the whole thing here. And yeah. generally sleeps in four, four, four blocks four, during the night. Four hourly uh, blocks ah, during the night. Okay. I think we're missing something there. Yeah. We might wait till we get the rest of that. Kimmy, if there's more to that, is uh, maybe is the four-hour blocks a problem? No, the four-hour blocks sound pretty good for a 14-week at night. He'll yeah. probably start stretching out to six hours. I have a feeling this will be a question about him starting to wake up in the day, sleeps under, you know, mm-hmm. under the hour and a half where he was a good sleeper and resettling. But if she'd like to to send us another bit more, okay. then um, we're happy to answer that when we get some more information. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to Debbie. She says, I breastfed my daughter from birth and weaned her at around 22 months. She's now two and a half years old and eight months on from weaning, she still asks for the breast. (laughs) She'll poke it, grope it and rub her face and mouth around it. I've tried letting her suck just for comfort, but heard the breast milk could regenerate and lactation could come back, which I don't want. I've tried to be firm and refuse physical contact, but nothing works. My first child was bottle fed, so I'm clueless. How do I give her comfort that will satisfy her without giving in to her demands for the breast? It's from Debbie. Um, well, she's two and a half, so uh, you're in this little space where her, you know, greater con- cognitive development and understanding is there, and she's still a two and a half year old that sort of pushes your buttons till she gets what she wants. So in this case, I'd firstly sit down and talk to her about it outside of her need of wanting it. So I'd sit down with her and, and sort of explain that this is part of your body and when she was a baby, you you were happy to feed her, but now she's older, um, that she doesn't get that now um, for you. And I think you need to not be firm about it, but it needs to be a message about this is your private body, just like we teach them about their private body. 
but then in the flip case is we've got to find somewhere or somehow to give her that comfort. So one would be to try um, and give her um, a soft toy that she can comfort to, uh, teaching her to sit beside you if she needs a cuddle, or being able to give um, a respectful cuddle, like a cuddle with your arms around mummy's neck, and that's what you're going to, that's the comfort you're going to get. So I think this is just sitting down, having a conversation, and then trying to reinforce it. Don't confuse her. So giving her a little bit is confusing her. So if you if you're ready and this is your breasts are coming back to be part of your body, then you need to sort of tell her gently that way and be consistent with it because it's the only way she's going to get the message. Mm, good luck, Debbie. That's tough, isn't it? When yeah. they're older, yeah, when they're older and they realise, yeah, mm, and they're strong-willed. Yeah, they <laughs> certainly are. <laughs> okay, this is uh, for another toddler. My this is from Sarah on Facebook. My two-year-old son sucks his thumb whenever he's sleepy or doing nothing. I didn't introduce a dummy because he was breastfed and he found his thumb instead. How can I wean him from thumb sucking? Oh, good luck. Um, it's actually, some people say it's a genetic thing that children will suck their thumb because you can't make a baby suck its thumb. Um, so I don't, don't think it's got to do with not giving him a dummy or breastfeeding. I think it's just naturally how he um, comforts himself. Now, the hard thing is they get older is they can do it anywhere at any time while they're watching telly, anything. So you've got to correct the behavior. What was he? He's only two. So it's a little bit difficult. He's only two. So if he's doing it, say, sitting next to you watching telly or you're listening to some music, just gently bring his arm away and put something else in his hand. So asking him to do a puzzle with you instead of putting the the, um, thumb in their mouth. They usually don't <laughs> drop it, though, until they're socially aware that they shouldn't be able or they shouldn't do it. But you'll still find them doing it in their bed at night, which is perfectly fine. So he'll eventually stop doing it. I think what you need to do is just show him the social behavior around sucking his thumb. So, you know, if you're talking to people and he's sucking his thumb, you just gently take his hand and put it down. Um, if he's sitting somewhere and he's sucking his thumb, ask him to come and join in and do something. So he's using those hands in a different different way and I think you'll find slowly over the next couple of years you'll just use it less and less and it'll just disappear. The, we've got some more information from Kimmy. Thank ah. you for popping some more in, Kimmy. Yeah. So um, I'll start from the top again. She says, my son is 14 weeks old and generally a good sleeper. However, he has recently been waking after 45 minutes. He can sometimes self-settle and go back to sleep. He sleeps well during the night in four-hour blocks. He won't take a dummy and sometimes the breast is the only thing that will resettle him. The problem is he needs to be burped and held upright or he will get a sore tummy. Um... Okay, so the 45-minute waking is completely normal for his age group and babies need to learn to to, um, sync some cycles together. It doesn't have to be every sleep, but a couple of the sleeps to be about an hour and a half would have him more rested over the day. Um, So that is normal for his age and you want to try and do it in a sort of comforting way. So um, patting him and rocking him for a few minutes and if that's not working, a cuddle and then putting him back down again. Now, 
most babies go through a period, it could be up to a month, of learning how to resettle. So firstly, consistency will help with that. And the second thing is try and be careful with the, I'll just put you back on the breast and resettle you. Um, Seems like a quick, easy answer at the time and it feels good and it's all lovely, except that it becomes the cue to going back to sleep. So you'd have to be happy doing that for quite a long time. So rocking, patting, picking him up, cuddling him till he's nice and calm, Even taking a short break and then going back to putting him to sleep will help. Um, And think about what the message is that you're going to give him. And it does take about a month. So I think you've hit that little sweet spot that everybody hits where the baby's alert and aware and awake. And they just need that consistency to learn to go back to sleep. Without knowing, because when they're napping 45 minutes, very hard to keep track of actually Actually. when they fall asleep. Um, When you mentioned there that you you might try to start joining a few of those naps together, how would you approach that? Would it be like the first nap of the the first... Oh, well, usually or... if, if you've got four sleep cycles in a day, some, some babies only have three, but four sleep cycles, I'd probably at least pick the first one of the day because that one I think sets them up for the day. If they're yep. overtired from the front of the day, they're usually beside themselves by the end of the day. So yep. the morning one I'd try. Um, if you only got three sleep cycles, like you got a baby who goes four hours between their feeds, then it'll have to be the first and the second one because the third one is usually quite late in the yes. day. But if you've got four cycles, it's probably the first one to set him up and then maybe the one after lunch just because in a natural day with a mum at home with a baby, she tends to be home early in the morning. Then she might go out for a walk or meet people or, you know, want to go for um, coffee with friends. And so she's naturally home more in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it in that natural pattern, it sort of just moves towards a first first, um, sleep in the morning and the one after their lunchtime, that one that hits around one, two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm not sure if it was you that told me this or I heard it somewhere else because, as we know, we've been doing this a long long time. time. Um, When you're trying to link those sleep cycles, are you trying to get in there before they wake up or are you actually waiting for them to wake up? This is a really hard one. I usually start with the first time that I notice it happening is trying to get in there first and settling him or them, but then they become very aware because it's actually their awareness that's led to this behavior. They're alert, they know your voice, they have hold eye contact better. And then after a little while, if that hasn't worked, and a little while is somewhere between a week and 10 days, then usually I try being more responsive. So some babies will wake, cry, or talk, or ooh and goo, and then go back to sleep. And some babies will cry and then they just keep crying. So at that point, I'll go in and I'll try and do the consistency. All we do know is that nearly all babies do it. And it does take that month to six weeks for some babies to do it. And I think that depends on consistency more yeah. than anything Okay. Well, good luck, Kimmy. I hope that's enough information to help you with that. Um, We've probably got time for one last question, if we can be concise. Let's see how fast (laughs) I can read this one. This is from Cassie on Facebook. Our three-year-old daughter still has a milk bottle before bed each night. She's never slept particularly well and climbs into our bed through the night. During the night, she wakes quite often, crying and thrashing about and wanting another bottle. And the only way to resettle her is to give in. We are really wanting to stop the bottles as they are just a comfort thing and not something she actually needs. And I worry about the damage to her teeth. 
However, we also have a 15-month-old who still has a bottle before bed and who also wakes frequently most nights. All our bedrooms are close together, so letting our older child cry out isn't really an option as she wakes her younger sister. We have even tried antihistamines to help her sleep, but they have no effect. Would really appreciate any advice. And that's from Cassie. Take the bottle off her. She's three. <laughs> did you want a quick answer? I did want a quick answer. <laughs> too quick? Yeah, maybe too quick. Okay, so what you're doing is you're creating a problem with a three-year-old in the hope of saving the whole family, but in the end, everybody is still getting up to a three-year-old. So first thing is I would actually check, is she having a day sleep? Make sure you've got no day sleep. Uh, she's awake for about 13 hours of her day from when she wakes up to when she goes to bed. The next thing is you just need to take the bottles off her. And I know that feels like a really hard thing, but people who actually do it say, oh, it was only bad for one day and then they forgot about it. Because I don't think the problem is the bottle. I think it's the way she's going to sleep, like the sequence in which she's going to sleep. And that's why you have a problem in the middle of the night. So if you want to be loving and kind to her, as opposed to me, who would just take the bottle off her, (laughs) um, you could just start reducing the amount in the bottle. So say you give her a bottle of 150, tonight you're only going to give her about 90 mils in that bottle. And then you could say to her, in three nights time, there are no more bottles so that she's well aware of what's going to go on. That's the kinder way of doing it. Um, And then what I would do is take the bottles off and I'd probably say to her, okay, let's replace that bottle with with something that's comforting like a new stuffed toy or a pillow or something like that and then you have to deal with the behavior so when she says but my 15 month old you know Jane has a bottle you just say that's right she's a baby so she's allowed to have a bottle and when she gets older we'll take the bottle off her so explain that part to her so she doesn't think one's getting a bottle and one's not And then I think it's just about the, you know, normal wandering three-year-old through the house that wakes up and whether you choose to walk her back to her bed and lay her back down again, um, whether you are happy to have her in your bed. I think that behaviour hasn't got anything to do with the bottle. I think that's just normal three-year-old waking up and wandering through the house. And I suppose that at night we could substitute that bottle for the um, Bedtime Explorers where she's listening to, you know, a little story that's calming and relaxing for her, but she might have a little snuggle toy to help her. Yeah, great. Well, that's all we have time for on this episode of Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. And um, if you missed out on asking a question, please don't forget about Babyology Sleep School. Chris is one of our experts and you can book in one-on-one time with her. And we have other sleep and behavior experts that are on that site. So you can book in with them, um, particularly, I guess, over the coming weeks as we yeah. most of us are self-isolating or if you're concerned at all about your baby or small child and you don't want to leave the house, um, Um, The sleep school is definitely one place you can go to get advice. And, of course, we will be back next week in some way, shape or form. Everything's (laughs) changing so quickly, but we will keep the time consistent regardless of what we do. So if you have a question for next week, you can either email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au or you can join us next Monday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Chris, thank you so much for your help. It's a pleasure. See you next time. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.